2: We're rolling through our second hour. I'm glad you're still with us, folks. Ramya Muth and Kelly McDonald, hosts of this program here weekdays from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. You can tune in to Kelly and Ramya. And on the weekend, check out the best of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv and repeats of the show at two ten, excuse me, 10 p.m. Eastern Time on both AMI-audio and AMI-tv. We sit here, Ramya and I, at the studio in Toronto.
1: And you told you asked me earlier if I get thrown off when you're around. We've had a little bumping of chairs in yeah. the last in the last half an hour or so.
2: Yeah, just more knee. My knee. I've, I've kneed your, knee. your chairs. I've crossed yep. just yep. to get on angle yeah, because exactly. I'm like, oh, I gotta straighten this leg out, move it, change it, a- it's and that's the bad habit. Leg sitting right, like I, uh, I bend my knee yeah. and I'm not supposed to keep
1: it straight. Me too. I usually to have tossed like a shoe or two off by this time. Oh, good grief.
2: Please don't do that today. <laughs> yeah, I, know. You know,
1: I know. Today we might al- like damage something. Right? Yeah, you're not
2: alone in here. Don't go flipping <laughs> wait, that around.
1: Wait, wait a minute. No, it's not going to be harmful. It'll be fine. Anyways, um, once a month we like to, (laughs) we talk employment at this time uh, every Wednesday, but once a month we like to check in specifically with Robert Half Canada, see what they're up to. They do a lot of great research on the state of employment in Canada, and today we're talking artificial intelligence, I think pretty much the whole time. Mm -hmm. Mike French is joining us. Mike, nice to have you back on.
0: Thanks for having me, Ramya. I love being on with you guys
1: yeah and it's yeah. nice to have kelly in person you on the show so as Just i said watch for
2: flying shoes man
1: <laughs> i'll try to do it when the cam's not on me so <laughs> we're gonna talk about artificial intelligent um can we first start with optimizing resumes i feel like this would be the first thing that people think of when it comes to using ai in the job search job recruitment anything job related process
0: so, this was really interesting. So, we recently surveyed just our 1,200 professionals and asked them So, AI is new. What are you going to use it for? How are you planning on using it? Knowing that we we're all just sort of also learning how to use it and it is so brand new. And out of the gate, pretty much equally weighted, people said that they're going to use it for writing their resume and you know what, the keyword optimization. So, we know that let's call it big one, Chat GPT. Something been around now, maybe, is it nine months we've been talking about this? It's a uh-huh. great tool, but it also has some weaknesses. But it's amazing that when you type into chat GPT resume on and type in what you've done, mm. it can generate for you a pretty impressive resume. But I would say it's not something you can start passing out at that point. You still need to edit it. You still want to review it. You want to make sure that everything in there makes sense. It reflects you. But also you want to make sure now you want to add the rest of you that's missing to the resume. You don't want to get everybody else's resume, so add your personalization. But that was the number one thing job seekers said they'd use it for. And then coming through at number two, and this was something I had to ask. I wasn't certain how it would work. And I'm not, um, I'm I'm a bit more mature, you know, a uh, Gen Xer, so I have to ask for these technology and explain to me. <laughs> they said, re- so I asked some young guys in my office, they said researching job opportunities. And I said, well, how would that work? They said, well, type in chat, GPT, tell me about, jobs that do this in my neighborhood or my area. Ah. And it would bring up a whole bunch of descriptions and all the jobs that would be available that have that either that skill or that job title. Mm. I'm thinking like, well that would sort of that'd be really interesting. Then it's gonna match it to what I'm looking for. So more and more ways to use AI. And it is still really new. But yeah. the one I like the most and the one that people spend the most time sort of on and I'm not certain still makes sense today, but a lot of employers still look for it, cover letter writing. So it's a great tool to do things like writing a cover letter where it can be, I don't want to say generic, but it hits the key parts of you, talks about sort of what you've done, real briefly sort of reinforces the strengths that you have, but it's a nice, nice and tight sort of letter to the employer. That's a great use for ChatGPT. Mm. And the last was, one. That's the one that I wondered, right? Because yeah. that one's the
2: hard one that people, you know, the other, writing a resume, you got to tweak it. You got to know apparently what style is the style that's currently in. And I think ChatGPT can can tailor to that, know that, know, and be, you know, will make that adjustment. But to cover letter, yeah, there's so much you say. I don't want to put too much in. I don't want to blow my horn too much. But, yes, blow my horn so really cool. Sorry, Michael, next one.
0: And the last one, this one I really liked was improving LinkedIn profiles. Mm. So they could bring oh, you up samples. It. So put in what you've done, put in your experience. and It will help you generate, I guess, a more robust and a more dynamic LinkedIn profile. Yeah. And those came through very equally weighted. So everyone started using them all for the same ideas. But I really like the color writing because that's something that most people, a lot of people have stopped doing or they find it tedious for every resume to put out a cover letter. Did they get, did they get read? And yeah. I, I don't usually weigh in on how effective they are. You know, yeah. just do one. It's required. We learned that. I learned that back in school in the eighties Been around for a long time. So, you know what? Still worth doing though. Yep. Yeah. And that's the one that they, that,
2: that's what I was told. It speaks for you because a lot of time, are they really going to bother that much with your resume? If they get through the cover letter and you have, Basically just used it as a setup for the resume. Mm. No, no, no. Put all the goods out there right then and there, why you should be there, why you should work for them.
0: The other interesting part now is when you think of you're in the workforce and you're working and now we have four generations in the workforce today. We have the people just getting ready to exit the boomers who are on the way out. Then you have the Gen Xers like me and the millennials and Gen Z. And so we ask them, how is AI going to impact your career? And it runs right along generational lines. When you start with the boomers exiting, they're they're coming through at 60%, saying, ah, not very much, very, very little. Then going up a little bit more, about 20%, you have the Gen Xers like me saying, yeah, it's going to impact us, uh, but it's only 20%. And I think that might be a little bit low. I think we'll actually see a bit more impact in our careers. And you have the millennials, these are the Gen Ys, they come through pretty strong, just under 440%. I think they're also representing a little bit light, maybe actually higher but the Gen Zers, these are our fresh, our new workers, they fresh out of school, bringing a lot of new ideas to the workforce. They came through at 46%. I got to tell you, I think it will be much higher than that. I think they're going to be more around 90%. For sure. They're going to be the ones who know how to use AI. Mm-hmm. They're going to be the highly skilled people who, who will have it for a very long period of time. It's going to impact every single one of them. But people are actually very optimistic about the use of AI, it is going to replace possibly some, some lower level, some very repetitive tasks, but be more jobs created higher up the value chain in programming the AI, in working with the AI, tweaking the AI, and then integrating AI into your business practices. And that's where the really interesting sort of high pay is, not in the lower level um, transactional, very, very repetitive skills. So we're going to see some great things from AI in the future coming.
1: Yeah, so much of the fear mongering out there, obviously, Mike, but I really like the way that you've put it this way. It's not necessarily even leveraging AI to do all the stuff that we don't want to do, but it's that there's more jobs still right? There's more jobs around AI, and even if it's not necessarily around AI, but where we can leverage AI, still use it as a tool, um, but not feel necessarily intimidated by it. But I am curious about the consequences of using AI for the purposes. um, You know, who's really on board, who's not? Get a sense of that. Because as you said, Gen Z, like they're already in it, right? As you say, it's it's still getting higher, the, the percentage of people using, but they're already in it. It's in the... I don't know, kind of like the, the crooks of it all now. Uh, some of us are still getting on board with AI or thinking of it as more of an afterthought. Oh yeah, I could have used AI to write my script for me. Oh, think about that tomorrow kind of thing. But what about still kind of understanding the place for AI in jobs?
0: So so that's a great point. I realize this is a very new technology mm-hmm. and it is something now where computers or a big giant brain is making a decision outside of uh, of your body for things that are going to impact you and the people around you. So when you think of what's being re- for what Netflix prefers and thinks you're going to like. So that's a very basic level of it. But I start thinking, okay, in the work world, how are we going to use it? So realize it is a new technology. You just cannot type into chat GPT or any of them. Here's what I want. And then Figure it's perfect. You really need to make sure you're spending some time using it as a tool and not a full solution for some of the challenges. You know, we have the world's full of business problems. And ChatGPT or any of these AI engines are going to be one of, the, one of the tools that we use to help solution problems, but it still requires some very highly skilled people like you and I and, and the rest of the working world out there to review what ChatGPT or these engines do pump out. Right. It's not perfect. We want to edit it. You know, we talk about it. I was talking about today with education. How, what do you think of sort of, I had someone who newly graduated. What do you think of ChatGPT or any of these engines back at school? should you be using them for research? And we all concluded, well, maybe not as a finished product, but it's a really good tool to use for doing research, for helping to get maybe part of the way done, an essay or some research. But even in the workplace, you know, we, we hear of some, we always hear the pitfalls. We hear of a lawyer who used it for research or a brief, and we hear all about those. But for every <laughs> negative one of those, there's thousands of very successful ones. I, think I didn't we hear about the about... brief one. tell <laughs> us more. Yeah. Uh, i don't know i don't know too much about it but you know what we uh, there's lots of times that we hear about chat gpt or one of these engines blowing up having Mm -hmm. a disaster but there's way more times it's been successful um but we are in the very very early stages like i don't think last year we ever spoke about this because my learning on it has been more this year Mm -hmm. and i was surprised at how um how smart or how well-trained it was, and it's only getting smarter. Yeah. And the more people that use it, the smarter it's going to get.
2: Yeah, and some some are really training it well, as we talked about the different generations and and all that, and our, our younger peers. It's just incredible. And I love the multi-use, because that's exactly it. It's, it's like its own... We find our creative ways to do things, and it's that assistant along with you. let's talk about salaries Michael um you guys did some work on this as well and salaries used to be that thing people were really secretive about uh, but now people are opening quite a bit more. Why is this and what are the stats on this one?
0: ooh times have changed remember uh-huh. the days and you're told. Here's what you're making, and don't tell anybody else. Keep it a secret. That's right. Uh, It's funny you say that. I remember
2: hearing now, you know, you're the only one getting a little bit more money here, so keep your mouth closed as the line progressed along. And, yeah, I got the same
0: 3%. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) I hate to tell you, Kelly, but, yeah, probably wasn't true. Exactly. And that, and sort of that practice in companies or organizations, has led to the salary disparity that's been out there. We talk about these sort of male-female disparity salaries, or, or sometimes it goes along like ethnicity. So mm-hmm. that's something now that salary transparency has come along. There's been a lot of work fixing that. We now have BC, which has a salary transparency law. Ontario is very close behind it. So out in BC, we know that job postings will now have to have a salary. We know that you can no longer sort of interview people and say, well, here's what the job pays. Sorry, I didn't tell you earlier Mm -hmm. because you've wasted your time. We also know, though, that when you are hiring, when you post a job, you will now attract people who are interested in that salary. So employers say they save a lot of time. Candidates say they no longer end up with a surprise at the end, getting an offer that's really, really low. Now, some of the challenges are, you're sort of advertising to your competitors what you're paying, so maybe your competitive advantage might be might be gone, but the benefits far outweigh some of those uh, some of those negatives that that can happen. Yeah. But we also we also see it south of the border, and surprisingly, this started uh, in a few of the U.S. states and it's now creeping into Canada. But it's something that's really really important. When you look at the the generations again, back to that Gen Z, they almost all will talk openly about their salary amongst their coworkers. Day one, they're saying, hey, how much are you making? I'm making this. And very openly. And they'll discuss it right out in the workplace where that's something I would never have done.
1: Right, but they're right.
0: very, very comfortable. And that follows this generations along the same trajectory. When you get to the boomers at the end who would never, ever do that, up there with sort of using the AI. It's it's the same sort of thing. Yeah, Gen Z out there is going to actually resolve the issue or solve the problem of salary transparency because they're willing to be fully transparent.
1: Mm-mm. And I'm, I'm curious about one particular aspect of this transparency around salary, which is negotiation. So a lot of the times we say, you know, go into the interview knowing what your field pays, what your industry pays, what you're bringing to the table, knowing, uh, go in knowing what you're willing to uh, get out of it. Um, And then when the salary stuff comes up, you know, that the negotiation process is on the table. But if everything is going to be transparent from day one, do you think that it means pretty much we're throwing negotiation out the window?
0: No, I think negotiation is still here, Mm. but you have to go in with a fair bit of information. So you're going to know what the range is for the salary. You also know, should know what you're worth. And so... By being very active in the market, by looking at job postings, by reviewing things like our salary guide, which is online for the whole world to see, you'll know what you should be paid for that position. Companies now, at the same time, they will have their competitive advantage. It might be maybe they pay really high, but the benefits are a little bit weaker. Maybe their pay is in the middle, but they have good benefits. Maybe their pay is a little bit on the lower side, but the benefits are phenomenal or the vacation is extra. So every company will have what they think is the right mix, of the total reward. And now it's up to the job seeker to figure, okay, what's more important to me? Do I really want four or six weeks vacation? Or is money the very most important? I will flex on things like the extra medical or the extra massage, or I don't need five weeks vacation. So you have to figure out what really is important, and that should come out in the interview process. As you are interviewing, and the more senior you are, the more interviews you'll go for, you should be talking about, well, what would an offer look like? Tell me more about your culture. Tell me more about the benefits you offer, and why do people enjoy and stay with you for those benefits? If companies don't want to talk about it, I'd wonder sort of what they're hiding or what their secret is, because they should be very open about those sorts of things.
1: I think um, all of this makes a lot of sense just in where we are right now around the job market, around the conversations that we're having, you know, flexible hours, what more transparency, uh, communication overall between management and supervision and uh, higher-ups versus, like, the rest of us. So, you know, doesn't it feel like... I don't know if the pandemic just made it more prevalent that we talk about all this now uh, and AI coming in. But everything seems to be going in this forward momentum, forward motion, Mike.
0: So I think for a very long time, there was not a ton of change. You know, look at salaries. They were going up maybe 2 or 3% a year, and they had been for a, a long time. We hadn't seen major changes in labor laws for a long time. And then the pandemic really did, it was a reset. Yeah. And now companies are fully reset on how they're engaging with their, with their talent, with their fantastic people that work for them. People at the same time have made some great strides. We've seen salaries really increase in the last three years. We're seeing some people saying that salaries are up 25%. We've seen um, just this past October, minimum wage in Ontario went up over a buck, and I think about a buck, maybe a buck 25. So that's significant. We used to see it go up five five or 10 cents. So we've seen a lot of change after COVID. And I think companies at the same time realized it was time to change. Mm. You know, as as we all get older and there are sort of times to embrace, it may have been a changing of the guard, where now we have maybe... The, the the old leaders exiting the business and new ones taking over saying there's a new way to do this and we want to embrace or engage our people in a different manner and this is how we're going to do it there's some pretty bold things happening out there and i think some of these changes are part of it you know it's a great great time to be involved in in labor and, and in talent because it is very very dynamic we hear every day you know we latest yesterday uh, some, some banks talking about some layoffs but the job market at the same time snatch those people up because the private sector and the small business sector has jobs for them for them. It's a great way for them to actually build their bench of talent to now have available people that were only available to some of the big guys before. Yeah. So for every layoff at some great big company, some small family business gets that talent now to work for them. So it's it's a great, it's a great way. It's a great time to be in the market, looking and at the same time being employed.
1: Very optimistic, and yes, I think that that's another trend. We didn't necessarily talk about it today, but we have in the past where, uh, you know, just turnover, right? Like nobody's really uh, thinking of or going into the job force thinking this is going to be my career for the next 50 years kind of thing. That mindset itself is changing as well with the generations. Mike, thank you. We're out of time. We'll talk to you next month, and have a good holidays and start to the new year.
0: Happy holidays. Thanks, Kelly and Ramya. Thank you.
1: Mike French joins us from Robert Half Canada. This is once a month and usually on the first Wednesday where we check in with them. I
2: get so excited because the information is fantastic as things ever change, folks. Mm -hmm. We step aside. We'll wrap up our program in just a couple of moments uh, and we'll remind you of our podcast content and how you can find it. And we've got an interesting closing moment, one that even you sports fans out there will be surprised about. We'll be right back. be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break.
0: Join me every couple weeks for the outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.